0: Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, guys, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Wizards tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two seconds. Taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets.
1: This is a great
0: podcast. <laughs> okay, I pressed record, and that means... That means that I'm hosting. Okay. Because I pressed record.
2: All right. Uh, He who presses record must
0: host. There's been a battle here over who gets to record this podcast. Ham and I were going to arm wrestle. Yeah. But but, that would have been... But I was too intimidated.
2: That would have taken forever. (laughs) Should I just put Star Wars music in the background? (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: right. So we've got we got a podcast right we now. We It's a podcast that's going to exist.
2: we got a crew here.
0: Uh, I'm Fred Katz, and it's Wizards After Dark, and it's also Thunder After Dark. That's right. We're double darking in the Woody Guthrie room. And uh, I'm Fred Katz. I'm sounds. the host of Wizards After Dark. <laughs> I cover the Wizards for The
1: Athletic. That, that, Eric Horn is right here. I'm here. I'm here. I cover the Thunder for The Athletic now. How, yeah. how did that feel to say? It's, it's still weird. Yeah. Yeah. I just changed my voicemail like a day ago. I went and looked yeah. at your
0: Twitter profile
3: to see if you'd remember to do that. I always, it always, It's always funny to me when people forget to do it. It's like three months it says like the, the last place they were. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last thing was the voicemail.
1: So like people were probably calling me thinking like, oh, he didn't go anywhere. He's still at the same place. No.
3: <laughs> Why did he tell me he changed jobs?
1: We should explain that. We need to explain that at some point on the podcast why we're singing. (laughs) I think it's better if we don't. Yeah. So Uh, noted Star Wars
2: fans in here, which are which are mostly. By the way, this is John Hamm. I don't know if I introduced myself, but hi. Yeah, my my listeners have no idea who you are. That's okay. Nor should your listeners. Who barely knows. know who yeah. I am uh, but yes we all picked up that during the game there is new arena music new pump up the crowd music and part of the music they put in is from the 1999
1: film sure. Star Wars The Phantom Menace Episode 1 arguably the best of the Star Wars films and I say that with pure sarcasm okay, as, thank your, you. as your eyebrows
3: <laughs>
0: John Hamm nearly <laughs> passed
3: out <laughs> in a cold sweat like, you, know, you know
1: what's interesting about Star
0: Wars though um, like so many stars Mm-hmm. And, and like a lot of wars, a lot of wars, a lot of, yeah. wars, a lot of stars. But but wh- why? The Death Star is not a star. No. So why is it the Death Star? It's also no moon.
2: Oh Ooh, yes, yes, it's no moon, and it doesn't yeah. emit light. I mean, this is a really good point. I mean, can people actually see it? it's, it's they just can. a space station. Ble- yeah,
3: but you know what? Well, death Star sounds. It's like the Death Satellite. I well, Say counterpoint. An NBA player is no
0: star either.
3: You huh? <laughs> <laughs> not a star anymore? Chris Paul, Bazinga! Boom! Oh, oh, nice oh, segue. Wow! <laughs> wow!
0: wow.
2: Nice.
0: Royce coming in. Nice, that, that's Roy, him, that's nice special kick. guest Royce Young, by the way. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the Thunder lost tonight to the Wizards. Uh, 97 to 85. It was tied at 83, and then the Wizards closed the game on a 14-0 run and
2: 14-2 run. I'll have you
1: know. Well,
0: the Thunder got a little G. garbage
1: G. garbage short bucket. He got him his
0: career high. If 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 I'm going by like the Ben Falk eliminating garbage time kind of thing, there they ended go. it on a 14-0 run. Yeah. Um Let's talk Chris Paul. Not a star. Chris Paul just like you know what was weird about Chris Paul tonight. He it wasn't that he played badly. It I was he that. Played badly. Well, no, 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 but that's not what was weird because sometimes he'll play badly. What was weird was that he was just not present. Right. Like normally if Chris Paul plays badly, you're like – you can see that Chris Paul is playing badly because his fingerprints are still all over the game because when like a star – air quotes – plays badly – then you still see their effect on the game, just in a negative fashion. But, like, Chris Paul was just kind of absent for
1: most the, of the game. Super weird. The only time I noticed Chris Paul was when he was turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. And, and, look, Chris Paul's a great player, but we can look at this in a vacuum in the game he played tonight. He's throwing cross-court passes, and guys are get Bonga gets up and intercepts it, and he's looking at Gallinari like, <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. And Gallinari's throwing his hands up. So, no, this was not a – this is not a Chris Paul game that we're going to put in the uh, in, in the pantheon of Chris Paul games.
2: And Bonga pulled a James Brown – he was down. They were bringing the cape over to him, and then he bounced right up, <laughs> and he intercepted that pass.
3: And I sh- it should be noted, Chris Paul played a really good game against the Jazz in the opener. So I mean, it's not like this. Uh, you know, like Eric said, you oh, can look. Stop at, backtracking. Well, you can look I mean, at this game I mean, in a in a context and say like he he did. He played a completely poor game tonight, and uh, you know, and that's been the Thunder's problem specifically in their two games. Is that um, as Eric kind of pointed out post game talking to Billy Donovan was. That their offense is completely stalled out, and I think a lot of the a lot of the team is just looking at Chris Paul, going, "Isn't this where you do your things right, right here?" And he did some of that in case. Utah. Yeah,
2: I mean, he did. Uh, there was a couple of times, and I noticed, that I noted this, where you know he or um, uh, Gallinari stopped Utah runs mm-hmm. and you know sort of reestablished things. Uh, but tonight, you know. Before the pod, Royce, we were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like what? It, I, I know this is a a wizard slash Thunder pod. We're going to get to the wizards here in a bit because there are some good wizards things. But what is OKC's offensive identity? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we feel like the ball should be in Gallinari's hands some more. It's not. You feel like Adams should be more effective. He's not. Yeah, there was a a zone thrown in there. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is still, he's got real estate in the corner that he's not surrendering anytime soon. Mm. Um, And yeah, it's kind of coming down to Shea just alexander being pretty good. And, you know, everything just looks kind of understandably just really disjointed for OKC. Yeah, there's
3: places to go up. I mean, Chris Paul can play better, obviously. Steven Adams, his first two games has, have been shockingly poor, I think, yeah. especially on the offensive end. Um, and, and on the flip side, to talk some wizards, Thomas Bryant just completely outplayed Steven sure oh, and, yeah. and, and, and with the way the game started, yeah, with Adams just completely going full Shaquille O'Neal on Thomas Bryant, just big <laughs> yeah. boy <in> him, like <laughs> all up in his face, I thought, oh boy, Adams is about to put one on this guy. And, I mean, Thomas Bryan, as you know, Fred, he's an energy guy. He plays extremely hard. And, he, and with him kind of stepping out, he put, he put Adams in some binds, kind of caught the thunder in some weird positions defensively. And he just played his tail off and really just outplayed Adams for, for basically the whole game. So you know energetic. what's interesting? So energetic.
0: You know what's interesting is that, like, Eric and I were talking yesterday if you know, that...
3: <laughs> Thanks for that context. I'm
0: glad that we have a full picture of the... All well, the so, so yesterday... Can you, can you relate a,
3: what you guys were talking
0: about? Yesterday at around 12:15 p.m. <laughs> or so, Central Time, obviously, because okay, right. we were in Oklahoma City, yes. and we were standing in the Thunder practice facility, uh, you know, over on the <laughs> left side of the court and the second court, the near court, mm-hmm. you know? All right, Billy Donovan, get to it. Almighty. We're talking about how the Thunder are playing... A totally different defense. I know that's something that Eric has written about, where they're dropping Stephen Adams, and Thomas Bryant was just like cool. Thomas Bryant yeah. is a really good roller, but I think he enjoys just shooting threes more because, yeah. like you know, the set, like big men want to be guards, and I think right. he just enjoys shooting threes. And when he for sees, him, he was oh like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. he sees a dude dropping, he's like oh, unreal, and he goes three for seven from three, and I think that just makes him uncomfortable. You know what else is interesting that. Tonight was the battle of like, it was the first time we're seeing Scott Brooks put together an offense without a ball dominant, Mm -hmm. non three point shooting, super athletic point guard because he's only had Russell Westbrook and uh, John Wall. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time we're seeing Billy Donovan do it. And from a schematic standpoint and a shot selection standpoint, like the Wizards didn't shoot well tonight, they didn't score a lot. Their offensive efficiency was not good. They only got to the line 10 times. They took 41 threes. They didn't, other than Rui, they really didn't take very many mid-range shots. Mm -hmm. They were getting to the rim a lot. They were just missing a lot of shots. Like, there was pretty good ball movement, even with the reserves in there who were all undrafted and second-round pick guys. And the Thunder, it was just, like, kind of the opposite end. Like, it was very stagnant, you know?
3: And that's to to what Ham was talking about. I mean, that's just kind of the, the clear lack of identity there. And... Outside of having a guy like Shea Gilders Alexander that can kind of break down a defense and get to some spots on the floor, like they got to figure out how to get Danilo Gallinari shots. Like he's got to be just like an impactful offensive
2: player. He had ten tonight,
3: and, and I mean he's got he's got to be taking fifteen plus every single game. And 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 I know Billy Donovan talks some about that he's not the kind of guy that's going to just naturally assert himself. He's going to continue to make the right play. You can't force feed him, but he's going to shoot if he's open. And so you've got to find ways, or he's going to shoot if he if he. If you can get him in a mismatch and you have a smaller player on him or a favorable matchup or whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, the other thing was is that Scott Brooks also kind of pulled the rug out from Billy Donovan with that zone. And Mm. that was clearly something. I mean, listening to the Thunder players, listening to Billy Donovan, they just were not really prepared for that. And they felt like they had a good pace. They felt like they were moving the ball well. Uh, playing with good tempo, and then that zone broke out, and, like, Billy Don was like, "Uh, the team lost all aggressiveness and kind of started looking at each other and didn't know what to do.
1: It's weird to say, like, two games into the season, but, like, we were really optimistic about this Thunder offense in the preseason. And it's almost like they've kind of just reverted back to some old habits. And we saw a little bit of that from Shea Mm Gilchrist-Alexander in preseason, just the way that he can just kind of – get into, like, a, a tunnel vision mode for a point guard. And, he's, and look, he's really effective, so you don't want to say, like, oh, stop being aggressive, Shea just alexander But they were getting Danilo Gallinari some mismatches in preseason. They were letting him kind of cook a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were times where they missed him on passes a couple of times yeah. tonight. Alexander Those, had him yeah, wide and open. Gallinari kind of threw his mm-hmm. arms up and, and did the – I'm trying to think of the a Kevin player. Durant. The Kevin Durant or the or maybe the Deion Waiters. Like, no. hey, hey, yeah. I'm over here. But um, like you said, Royce, they just got to find ways. Danilo Gallinari is too good of an offensive player for him to not get more touches. And when a guy like that doesn't get touches on the offensive I and mean, Billy Donovan can explain it as, you know, he's a guy who's just going to play throughout the game. He's not going to be as engaged defensively. And you know, we see last night against the jazz or a couple nights ago, or whatever he gets exploited defensively in the last three minutes of the game. Um, there are going to be times where teams are going to pick on him. Cause he's just not that mobile of a guy on defense. So you know, I feel like the Thunder's almost like kind of taking a mini step back from preseason where we were seeing all these dribble handoffs mm-hmm. and all this promise in the offense and the way that the ball was moving, uh, Basically, it's just kind of been Shade Gilgis alexander just creating on his own um, through the first two games.
2: Yeah, kind of the crazy thing, there have been some possessions where there have been like five, six, seven passes that have led to nothing, you know, or led to a missed shot, I should say. Uh, And that's totally like, you know, we've been on the other side of that for years saying, Russ gets to the point, right? He, He drives in, he finds the open guy, one pass, shot there there have been a couple of possessions where they have moved the ball, they haven't had success, but it's been few and far between. Well, that,
1: that's also the luxury of having a guy who can just break down the defense on his own. Yeah. And we, and that's what the Thunders missed in the last three or four minutes of the game, these last two games. You know, she gives Alexander can do it to an extent, but not with the explosiveness of a Russell Westbrook or even, like, the length and shot creatability. is that a word? Or yeah. Paul George, where Paul George was just a damn supernova last year. He could just get any shot he wanted. So... I think that some of it is the offense just doesn't look very fluid. But some of it is also some of these guys just trying to look around, like you said, and saying, like, who the hell is going to step up and Mm -hmm. take a shot in this situation?
3: I think some of that can be just pure evidence of just Terrence Ferguson's shot attempts. I think that's almost like a little bit of a litmus test for exactly what you're talking about, Eric. That Like, he didn't take a shot against Utah. He didn't take a shot tonight until late third quarter. Mm -hmm. I think he took three for the game, maybe? Four? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Missed uh, three, three. And,
3: yeah, he forced a couple of them up there finally. But, like, he's, like, the offense has to create a shot for Terrence Ferguson. Like, the, like, it just has to happen sort of organically. The ball's got to move to a spot. Defense has to pull over. And somebody has to find him being open. That's the way he's going to take shot attempts. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that he's only taken four through two games, I think, is kind of an example of, like, they aren't creating this kind of offense for anybody,
2: really. And when he's put the ball on the floor two or three times, the results have not been yeah, good. That has been, uh, it has been a travel. It's been an offensive foul. It's been a wild shot off the backboard. So, yeah, that's, that's a problem.
1: And another another thing, when you don't have all-stars like Paul George and Russell Westbrook or even you know a guy like a Carmelo Anthony, your margin of error is slimmer on offense, and you can't afford to have – you can't afford to have stretches in a game where you have four consecutive possessions that mm-hmm. you turn the ball over. Right. Whether it's Hamadou Diallo or a guy like Abdul Nader, um, before Shea goes to gets in there and, and brings the team back by himself. The, the margin of error is slim. The Thunder turned the ball over how many times tonight? Yeah. 18 times? 18. Um, you have to
3: manufacture your offense. Like with Paul George, it's like, it may not really work. Your action may have failed, and it's just like he just hits a guy with a jab step and just drops a three mm-hmm. in his face. And it's like, I mean, you saw that a little bit with Brad Beal tonight. Brad Beal played kind of a stinker of a game, but, like, he's a great player, and he kind of came alive late in the game, hit, a, hit, Killer. Really, hit really the dagger three. And he's he so get,
0: much of a better facilitator than, than, he, than he used player. to be. Like, he's just gotten so much better facilitating. I don't well, think he was more
3: willing to kind of understand, like, I'm not scoring, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, well, he said after the game, Chris Miller, who's the the sideline reporter for the Wizards, asked him, a few years ago, a night that you shot like this, it would have affected you in the other aspects of the game. Like, you, you might not have made that, that play late in the game. And he, like, really agreed with the premise. He said, like, I would not have made that. I'm a better rebounder. I'm a better defender. And I wouldn't have defended as well. I wouldn't have rebounded as well. I wouldn't have facilitated as well late. I might not have made that shot late because mm-hmm. um, he said, you know, he saved the hardest shot for last. I have a fun fact. So Scott Brooks does not like their zone defense. Oh really? I don't know how he feels about it after tonight. <laughs> he might like it now, but or I should say Scott Brooks maybe he likes it now really because he wants anything it. that it was effective. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, well so he yeah. I mean, he likes it
1: when a team shoots twenty yeah. one point seven percent from three. So the reason like.
0: they even tried. A zone defense was because Dean Oliver was into it, um, who is now obviously a new assistant coach with the Wizards and is like the analytics guy. And Dean Oliver, uh, I guess there was something in the numbers that he, with these this particular personnel, that he wanted them to try a zone. So he, they tried it early in the preseason and played it for a little while. And Scott didn't really like the results in terms of the execution of the XO's. They went back to it again to kind of just test it out again. And I think Scott wasn't, like, the biggest fan of it. They went to it tonight. Uh, I I mean, look, Scott's the one who goes to it. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the head coach. Mm-hmm. He is the one who goes to it. And, uh, and it worked. And I think, to me, the most interesting part of the Wizards season is going to be following because they're such a different organization now than they used to be from like all across like it's Tommy Shepard it's all the other people that they hired to run all of these different you know Johnny Rogers who who was here tonight and used to be in Oklahoma City it's all these other people in the front office it's it's the expanded assistant coaching staff now like is gonna be following the effects of that kind of stuff. And tonight, whether like I don't think Dean Oliver went to Scott Brooks and was like, alright, now play a zone. But he was a person <laughs> I will who he quit was, my job <laughs> and don't play the zone. <laughs> but he was the person who encouraged Scott to try it out mm-hmm. five weeks ago. And now they're actually running it for a legitimate amount of time in an NBA game and it helped them. Like it helped yeah. them win an NBA game. Alright, I need to ask you guys
2: um, what do you think of Rui? He's good. Like and I tweeted this out earlier that, you know, I was told he was a rookie, <laughs> but but he looked like a, I'm just a solid multi-year vet at this point out there. I thought uh, I thought his game is very encouraging and and again there was a lot of questions about him heading into the draft, um, but I mean tonight I, I didn't see a whole lot of things to get upset about. I think there's a nice piece moving forward Some, there,
1: somewhere around you know approximately seven. 49 tonight, Fred, you were standing in front of me um, by the, <laughs> at the scorer's table, and, uh, you know, the light was shining on your face in a heavenly way, and been, but whatever. Uh, we, we started talking about Rui, and in, in, in how, I, I guess my point was that I didn't get to express to you during this beautiful time we had together, was I wanted to text you and say he doesn't do anything outside of what he's capable of doing. Right. I, I think he's really mature in that regard. Uh, we saw him miss some threes pretty badly. I think in the second half he had a couple open threes that he missed badly, and he's obviously got to improve that aspect of his game. His mid range is phenomenal. I thought he got, I think he gets to his spots better than I expected him to. Uh, whether it's like, you know, a little bit inside the free throw line or at the elbow, um, he's got a good little floater. Uh, he's got good body control. I just liked a lot of stuff I saw from him on offense. He's I really good. I just
3: love a player that you watch in college. And you have this kind of concept of them in college. I watch a lot of Gonzaga games. I really liked Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have this concept of a player. And then you see them transition into the NBA. And just the way that they've taken what they were asked to do in college. And he was was basically a five, you know, four slash five at Gonzaga, protected the rim, great shot blocker in college. And then you see this player in person for the first time and just the transformation of them as an NBA player. And you see, like, what a front office and a scouting staff has identified and said, this is this guy's toolbox. This is what Mm -hmm. he's got, and this is what he can do for us. And you told me before the game, Fred, that he might be more of a three than a four. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? Rui Hachimura? (laughs) Like, no. Uh, And it's like, no, you see it. That's exactly what he is. He's He's not as big as I thought he was. I thought he was like a six nine six ten kind of guy, just based on the way mm. that he played in college, because he blocked a ton of shots, um, high energy guy. But you see this kind of like well rounded game, like Eric's talking about, where he's controlled in the mid range. You can, I mean, you know who he kind of looks like, but just the way he plays a little bit. Okay, I'm not making I'm not <laughs> yeah. making a boss. <laughs> yeah. a bit. He looks like Kawhi Leonard, like in the mid range. That's what he like. He's
0: that's what back. Chauncey Billups said on draft night. Really? Oh, like, oh yeah. Good, wow. good.
1: You know I was gonna say either. In terms of those guys that you're not sure if there are four or three, and, and that line is blurring every day mm-hmm. as we go on in the NBA. I was thinking of an Aaron Gordon or a who's the other guy, um, or a Tobias Harris in terms of like the body mm-hmm. type. I think those guys are both a little longer than Rui, but just like you're kind of like I don't know exactly where. And look, if he's playing the position well, it doesn't really matter whether he's a four or or or, or a three. And I think the three point game is going to come for him, and he's he's just really he's got good mechanics. Yeah. it's a
3: good it's a good looking shot. Yeah,
1: definitely. you know, Rui, you made a really good point about Thank you know, the the. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even say what the point was. Come on, man. <laughs> Royce always was, this, was this before the show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Before the show, Royce was making every point he made was awesome. Um, no, but you were talking about how the Wizards took this guy's toolbox and put him in a position where he's doing the things that he d- that he does well. The Thunder didn't do that with a guy from Gonzaga, DeMonte mm-hmm. Sabonis. That's a great point. And yeah. they Eric, took that's a great point. In right room. now, right now <laughs> I'm on this podcast, lying. at 19 minutes, 27 seconds, and <laughs> that thing's going too fast. Um, but, no, they take DeMonte Sabonis, and they say, okay, we lost Kevin Durant um we traded Serge Ibaka. We need spacing. Yeah. Go stand out. You got to go point, point line. To four. Right? And, which is have, not what you yeah, do and have Russell Westbrook yell at you. You know yeah. like and call yeah. you the wrong name the entire season. Vamos. <laughs> 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 but uh but no, he goes to he goes to Indiana and Sabonis just got paid cuz he's playing yeah. his tail off the last 2 years yeah. and cuz they haven't played small ball five. Um he's a guy who they say, look, stop shooting threes. Do what you do best. And he's he's turned into a beautiful player. So Right place, right situation. I think the Wizards have handled Rui really well so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Rui is good, like, he's if he's, like, legit good, which is totally possible Mm -hmm. at this point, the outlook for the Wizards is very different. I mean, now all of a sudden you have a really good rookie. And, like, just from a – people talk about this team as one of them, myself included, as kind of one of the most, like, lacking in hope situations in the league. But if you have a really good rookie, just from like a fun to watch standpoint.
3: Oh yeah, watching development. Then now, now
0: you have a really good rookie. You have a, a multi-time All Star, really entering the prime of his career. Bradley Beal's only twenty six years old, and now you're like, you're okay. Like you're 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 in a much better shape than if Rui is just like, yeah, maybe he'll be a rotation player. Yeah. Maybe he'll be a miss. Oh, yeah. We don't really know if he's really good. That changes everything. It, change, and it, it will inform the
3: decisions that that Tommy Shepard now makes from here right. on out too. Yeah. It'll be like, okay, now I've got a player. I've got two players I can kind of build up around, and you've got some other nice players on the team. Oh, by the way, John Wall's still on the team. You know, who knows how he how he recovers and returns? But like, if he got back to somewhat of his, you know, his form or whatever you want to call it, th- that's a pretty good trio there. If Rui Hachimura is actually that good, so like. And that can kind of inform your decisions as you try to build to a team rather than kind of dismantle it and and restructure it.
0: It's amazing watching this team because last year's team was one of the worst teams to watch. Like, it was horrible. They didn't care. They didn't play hard.
1: Oh, I remember the Thunder going up to Washington. I mean, that was an an abomination. Yeah,
0: and they just, like, they did not care. And after every game, it was so weird because after every game, they we'd be like, what's the issue? And we'd be like, we, we just don't play hard. They would just say that. They'd be like, we don't play hard. We just we all play. hate it. And other. then and then I and then I'd have to follow up with, well, do you, oh, like why don't you play hard? It's like we just don't do it. Well, how do you fix it then? Because you've been saying this for fifty games. How do you fix it? You just you, play you just hard. start playing hard. It's like okay, well then why don't you just play hard? Imagine if I came back from doing those same interviews, and I was like, to my boss, I'm like. This is a terrible interview. And it's like, well, why did it go so poorly? And and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I just I didn't prepare at all. I didn't. Ask and, then, and then and I, I asked horrible questions. Like, well, why are you asking such horrible questions? It's like. I don't know. Just I just gotta ask better questions. It's like, okay, great. Then you can ask you gotta you can just try harder asking questions. And
2: then games. I did that for
0: fifty consecutive work days. <laughs> Eight, really eighty-two uh, consecutive yeah. work days. Yeah. Imagine sure if I did that.
1: But, how, but, but here but, but here's the best part about being an NBA basketball player. They have to pay John Wall how much money? <laughs> whereas whereas look, Fred, you're very good at your job, right. but if you do that for fifty consecutive games, they're gonna say, All right, Fred, we're gonna get somebody else. Yeah. They can't do that. General. we are waving you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Fred falls under the stretch provision. For yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, oh
1: God Fred Fred's working for some other publication. He's still getting paid by by the, by the athletic like yeah. three years down the line. Yeah. I
0: gotta go back to mass
1: live yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
2: I have a question. I actually I have a couple of questions. First one I wonder, okay, the chain of events in the off season. San Antonio traded Davis Bertans yeah. to create the space in order to sign Marcus Morris. And obviously that didn't happen. They, they pivoted it. They went to Trey Lyles. I don't – is it a good idea to start with? If they had got Marcus Morris, does that make sense? Because I've always liked Davis, mm-hmm. and he showed again tonight. You know, the dude can shoot, as you pointed out. He's instant offense. Yeah. And I, I, just, I just question the logic of that move. I mean, even if they had got Marcus Morris, I don't know if that was a good move for San Antonio because Davis Bertans is, you know, brings such a valuable He tweeted it out
3: again tonight, Fred. I mean, shooting nearly 60% from, from the, the corners. corners is just outrageous. Yeah. He was so – a shot does not leave his hand that I do not believe with my full,
2: complete heart – <laughs> it <is not> <laughs> Especially
1: against the Thunder. Yes,
2: uh, yeah. we he did this last year w- when he was with the Thunder.
1: Destroyed him. He absolutely destroyed him, and it was the same thing. It was out. The Thunder would have a terrible offensive possession. They get out in transition, and it was Patty Mills, mm-hmm. uh, Ginobili, and Davis Bertans just nailing threes on them. Um, yeah. We got can, can we do this really quickly? Where does Davis Bertans rank on the Thunder killers? Well, who is the Who is the number one Thunder killer of all time? Andrew Wiggins. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah his his thunder his thunder killer power yeah. ranking is really high. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is probably number one right at now. One I
3: was point. gonna
1: say I was gonna say Kevin Durant. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, that fellow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins. You've just been replaced at number one by <laughs> Kevin Durant. He's He's be, uh, literal, yeah, he, thunder killer. He, he,
2: Who was the guy? He played at Houston. He was from Louisville. Russell was, Westbrook. No, no, different. You're oh,
1: thinking about Francisco. Francisco, Francisco Garcia Christia. used
2: back in the day. Used Kevin to be, Durant. A, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yep. Or Patrick Beverly, I guess.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know well, who's another one? Thunder Killer? Uh,
1: yeah. Troy, Troy Daniels. Yeah. 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 He's a good one. Bruno. Bruno, Cabo, Bruno, Bruno. <laughs> he's, he's another one. On the Wizards After Dark podcast, we're going through Thunder Killer. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's also Thunder After Dark. It's double darker. Okay. Yeah. Double
3: yeah. dark. I will say about Bertons, though is that he had it like a floater that gave him 10 points and I like looked up at the scoreboard and I was like, that's got to be like 22 for Berton. <laughs> it, was like, it was only 10 and I was I, like, wow. I think
1: his Spurs points rolled over. <laughs> I, think works. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, was like fully 86. convinced. I was like,
3: this dude could lead the league in scoring if he wants. Yeah. So. Also, he also
1: like fun Berton's fact, if anyone out there has seen the movie The Burbs, he played the son who beats the hell out of the, the trash <laughs> into the trash can uh, that lives next door to Tom Hanks. Looks just like him. He was also in Children of the, the Corn. He plays a guy who's really pale (laughs) so if you look up Davis Bertans and the guy from Children of the Corn Slash the Burbs you're going to be very surprised that he's one of the NBA's best shooters Mm. wow that's great I will not be able to get over all season it's like going
0: to screw with me all year because Mo Wagner and Davis Bertans look exactly like it, <laughs> it is unbelievable. They the the garrison. Garrison. Yeah. 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 You garrison. You got Garrison out there. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Garrison. garrison,
0: Mr. Garrison out there. G- Gar- garrison hasn't earned a last name yet. Apparently, <laughs> Gordon Roy's <DeRoyce. laughs> Garrison. A garrison yeah. Matthews with garrison one T, and I'm going to mess that up Matt too. Hughes.
1: Yeah, Matthews. Can, can we talk about Admiral Schofield's arms for a second? Oh I just God, tweeted back old. at you, arms. I wanted, I yeah. wanted <laughs> two arms. <laughs> I wanted and Admiral Schofield to guard each other. It'd be like two fullbacks
2: just running into each mm. other. I just want to see a liftoff
1: between the two. Just <laughs> I just, I, I just want, the, I, I want to see an alumni fight like, from, like, college, from colleges. And I want, like, a Tobias Harris, Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams. <laughs> P.J. P- 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 Tucker. P- oh, P.J. Tucker in Texas, though. He went yes. to Texas. Mm. But I, 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 want a, I want a Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, oh, You're oh, oh. just thinking oh, yeah. of just tough people. Yeah, I'm just thinking of large people. I wasn't Peyton, really sure where you were going with Peyton that. Peyton Manning and his HGH. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Peyton Manning. Let's throw him in there, too. Alvin Kamara <laughs> from the from the freaking uh, Saints. No, man. God, Schofield's arms are huge. Yeah. Huge just like,
3: big. I mean... Like when he was out there, I was just thinking to myself, "Man, like, if him and Lou Dort guarded each other, I think it would create like a black hole in the universe. <laughs> like, just, like they'd run that? into each other. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> do, you, yeah. do
0: you think? Do you ever sit there and like think to yourself, like, man, in in so many years of humanity and language, I'm the first person ever to say that sentence." And I'm certain that no one has ever said, if he and Lou Dort guarded each other, and stop there, yeah. oh, God. S- screw the rest of the stuff yeah. you said. Did, ever,
3: did uh, Arizona State and Tennessee yeah. play each other? <laughs> we,
1: we have so many more pertinent players to talk about. but We went straight to Lou Dort,
2: yeah. who I can't wasn't even active
1: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even active. Was not street He's clothes. just very strong looking. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a stout, that's real scale, stout a young man. That, that's a very stout dork.
2: <clears throat> the uh, the other question I was going to ask is if we talked about Beal and the type of night that he had, I'll ask you: Did Terrence Ferguson defend him well? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, I did. I actually, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I thought. For, I I think Ferguson's a
1: really good defender. Yeah, he works Ferguson defends he, guys really well that run off screens. He's done this with C.J. McCollum. He's done it with Beal before. Um, with he's done it with Reddick. Mm-hmm. Uh, his problem is the fouls. And yeah, he got
2: three fouls in the first half, half. only seven minutes. Um, but, but then, I mean, he kept himself under control in the second half. But, you know, it's obviously that's it, not an easy task guarding Bradley Beal. Um, and I just think it's notable as we're talking about, look, Terrence Ferguson struggled offensively the first four games of last season. Uh, we're kind of seeing a repeat of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is still bringing something to the team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know what? It's, it's funny because, like, well, props to Billy Donovan in some ways, right? Because, like, I know you guys have talked about this on on your pod, where his rookie year, when I was still covering the team, I remember Billy used to say, all the time, I love his feet. That was the line. And I remember that was the line because I would whisper pervy comments under my breath whenever he said it. <laughs> and But he was totally right. I mean, he identified that trait so well because you couldn't see it as well when he was a rookie, and he would just, like, he was so, he was still so skinny, but he was, like, he'd hit anything. He would hit an air molecule and bounce back <laughs> the other way, you know? And, like, now he's so slippery going around screens, and he identifies them so quickly and stammers out of the way of them, and, like, he's he's really good. But he's really good at going against, like, guys who like ball screens, too. Mm-hmm. And Beal's a guy who, like, He always wants some kind of screen. He doesn't like to ISO. I think he has the physical tools to ISO, but he just doesn't like it. He likes being able to run, pick, and roll. He likes being able to run off curls, pin downs, that kind of stuff. And when you have a guy like Ferguson who is just really – he's got to be annoying for a screener because he's just difficult to square up. Then, like, like I wonder – I guess they're on the same team in practice, but, like, I would love to see – this is a really nerdy thing I'm about to say – but I would love to see – how he does when Steven Adams, who I think is the best screener in the league, tries to screen him in a practice. Like how does he get around that screen? Because that that would be like a fun thing he to gets watch. A foul.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, and that's what made Ferguson and that's what made Ferguson's night against Donovan Mitchell so hard because Donovan Mitchell's so direct and he doesn't need a screen that he can just go straight at a guy and, and Ferguson is just kind of helpless because Donovan Mitchell's so damn strong. I mean, Donovan Mitchell destroyed Ferguson. Hamadou mm-hmm. Diallo yeah. was actually better against. Yeah, he's Ferguson. running
3: back, just running through, yeah. the, running through a hole. Yeah, man. Donovan Mitchell's just straight line.
2: He's only six one. Apparently. But he still got that six ten wingspan. So
0: six five with a hat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Goofy hat with napkins underneath. <laughs>
0: <laughs> six seven in a in a top hat. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cowboy hat. You got to get a ten gallon hat. Yeah. <laughs> After banning the ninja headbands, one of the players played in 10-gallon hats. That
3: would be awesome. <laughs> it was pregame. We were sitting at the, at the dinner table. We were all talking and about how you know they measure a player in shoes. He's this with, without shoes or right. with shoes. And Fred said, well, why don't we do that with a hat? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Abe Lincoln, 6'10 with a
1: hat.
3: Well, why aren't, like, 6'4 yeah. and a half with people, a hat?
0: People, people say that, like, people always – people think that you should – Make their natural height in shoes. It's like yeah, yeah. And They always make the sarcastic comment when they go, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you play the game in you play the game in barefoot, right? Mm-hmm. Not in barefoot. Like I don't know. You play in barefoot. Yeah, you play it. in barefoot. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Nike yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those barefoot. Those gross
3: toe shoes that like uh yeah. Like those um, yeah. Dude, they should make them play in those. How many
1: broken toes there be there? Oh, be yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but
2: they say
1: yeah, you play in barefoot. It's like okay,
0: well, why? uh why aren't baseball players measured in hats then? Yeah, that's a good point. They got yeah. you got that little uh, oh, little, little button, thing. A little bead what something? is that called? Oh, it's like a It's, a, it's not a button. <laughs> yamaka,
1: yeah, it's a yamaka. <laughs> yeah, come in here for a ruling. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, I've never talked about the time. That Carmelo Anthony tried to convince me that
1: you're doing your Joe DiMaggio service by not talking about it. You need yeah,
0: to, you need to I've never that. talked about the time that <coughs> Carmelo Anthony tried to convince me that Joe DiMaggio was Jewish, and spent nearly an entire pregame availability, a solid <laughs> 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, just sitting in his locker trying to convince me that Joe DiMaggio was Jewish, and finding fake news sites on his phone, saying that he was Jewish, finally having one that, he he wasn't Jewish by the way, finally having one that rendered me speechless because it was so ridiculous. And him looking at me with just a disappointing look, scoffing and going, you got to learn your Jews. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Carmelo, I I am a Jew from New York (laughs) (laughs) who grew up with a diehard Yankee fan, Jewish father, Mm My name Who? would literally be Joe yeah, D'Aggie. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh if
0: this was the uh, case. One hundred percent, my name would be <laughs> Joe or Jody or <laughs> something.
2: <laughs> Side note, Melo not in the league anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I was like, "No, this is how I know... <laughs> Mel. this is how I know you're from New York, because... Yeah. No one talks <laughs> like this. <laughs> 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 you gotta
1: learn your Jesus.
2: It was great. You gotta
1: learn your Jesus. The Jews real kids. reason Carmelo Anthony's
0: not in the league right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 She went in, he went in to meet with the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, all right, Carmelo, let's answer the important stuff. Yeah. He gives name a crap you. about the bench. <laughs> name me a Jewish baseball player. <laughs> He's like, Joe, no, <laughs> <about> you. <laughs> no, I promise You're like, get you. get this guy out of here. <laughs> Michael Jordan leaves over.
1: I like this guy. <laughs>
0: He knows his Jews. <laughs> Michael Jordan still had his uh, still, still had his hands commercial mustache when he, when he made that oh, comment.
1: <laughs> no, fuck no, over. Shut it down. Shut None
0: down. of you guys are allowed to make that jump no, That was for you. Was All right. Are we done? Yeah,
2: we're are we down. done? Alright, yeah, we're we're <laughs> <laughs> right. well.
0: Subscribe to uh thunder after dark and the dream team and tell your friends and subscribe to wizards after dark i'm on the athletic now so subscribe to the athletic you can get 40 percent off if you subscribe to the athletic on the uh wizards after dark thing okay. the link the
2: thing.
0: yeah i should say the link shouldn't i
2: there's uh yeah there's, the there's two pretty good reasons here in this room to subscribe to
0: the <laughs> there athletic. you go so the ath- athletic.com wizards after dark if you sign up there then you can get 40 percent off if you've liked, if you're listening on the Thunder side and you've liked Eric's work for a long time since he's been at the Oklahoman uh, and covering the Thunder for them, sign up because he does awesome work and you're going to get great Thunder coverage. Or if you want mediocre Wizards coverage, you can sign up and read that, and you get coverage from like everything else too. You don't just have yeah. to have Thunder and Wizards. You, you pay the money and it's for an annual subscription. You get 40% off at 60 bucks, so you're paying 36 dollars for the full year and you get everything: all MLB, all NBA,
2: 25 all, Lakers writers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Including <laughs> including your favorite, Brett Dawson. Including
2: our favorite.
0: Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's worth the money. Uh, rate Wizards After Dark on iTunes. Give us five stars, all that stuff. Continue to listen to Thunder After Dark. And to the OKC Dream Team, I will not be podcasting tomorrow night, Wizards people. I will not be podcasting on Wizards After Dark after the San Antonio game tomorrow night. But I'll be back with an episode after the following game, which is against Houston, is that it, everybody? Anything else for your guys, listeners?
2: I already messed it up. There you go. <laughs> Duel of the Fates. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Later.